Hi, I'm Nikki O'Brien and this is Quintessential Being. This podcast is a heart-driven passion project of mine. It's about sharing stories, journeys of self-discovery, giving you actionable tools, shifting perspectives. It's about bringing you anything and everything that will help you understand yourself, love who you are right now, and deepen the connection with those around you. So thanks for joining me and let's jump in. Denise Walsh is a wife, mum and entrepreneur who's helped over a million people find purpose and fulfilment. She started her career as a clinical psychologist working with families at a local mental health agency, which helped her find passion in guiding people to really tap into their ultimate potential and greatness. As well as her background in clinical psychology, she is a certified trainer and elite coach who wrote the Amazon bestseller, Retire Your Husband. Today, she joins us to talk about her new book, Design Your Dream Life. Hi, Denise. It is so great to have you on Quintessential Being. And before we jump into talking about your new book, Design Your Dream Life, can you give us some of the backstory of what has led you here? Yay. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I actually got into the field of psychology um, pretty early. I worked at camps throughout my college years, and I really fell in love with helping people grow and get better. I was working with foster kids in New York City, and there was a season where I was like, they don't, they don't know how awesome they are. Mm-hmm. You know, they come to camp broken and they've had so many traumatic experiences or even just feeling left and abandoned and all of that. And and I got to hang out with them and see them come alive throughout the summer. And I thought, this is what I want to do. I want to help people know how awesome they are and really grow. And so I got into the field of psychology because I really thought that was the best way to serve the world and help people and come alongside them in their time of need, but walk them through that journey. And I got my master's in clinical psych and then started at a local community mental health here in Michigan. And, it's, and I spent about five years doing that, um, working with in, in substance abuse and in uh, domestic violence. I led anger management groups. I saw people at the jail. I did a little bit of everything because I worked in a small rural town, which means you do everything. Wow. <laughs> and so needless to say, I, I thought that I was going to, you know, I, I got my first job and I was like, I'm off to serve the world. I am so excited about this and I'm going to impact people and it's going to be awesome and I'm going to see so much change. And then you can probably see where this is headed, where I just felt um, like it was more about policy, paperwork and procedure and less and less and less about people. And I went through what they call a quarter life crisis. Mm-hmm. It's like where you go, mm, hmm. <laughs> This is where I'm going to be for the next 30 years. No, thank you. So needless to say, um, I felt restless. I felt restless. I felt stuck. I didn't really know what to do, but I knew I didn't want to stay here anymore. And um, my my business showed up in my path. So I've been an entrepreneur for about 12 years now, working at home business. My husband and I both have been able to raise our two boys, being work-from-home parents. And I I was working with my team because I was a psych lover, right? A psych person. I think the personal development side of business really connected with me. And I loved leadership development and I loved pouring personal development into my team and doing retreats and experiences and things like that. And 
Uh, and, and as I continued to grow, I just would teach and teach and learn and teach and learn and teach and take my team with me. And then I got to a point where I was like, more than just my team needs this information. Mm. You know, not everybody wants to start an at-home business, but most people want to grow in some way. And, and the, the things that we were doing were so fun and so cool. And I was seeing such transformation within my team that I was like, how can I create materials that can impact more people? And, and that is when Design Your Dream Life was born. Wow. So who is it written for? You know, it's written for that person who is kind of in that restless transition space where they're saying, all right, I, I, like I'm feeling passionless. <laughs> I'm feeling stuck. I don't really want to be here. But oftentimes we don't really know what to do because, the, I mean, you, the next step is kind of cloudy. Uh, and so we can stay stuck. So it's for those people that are in that transition that are ready for something new that are kind of feeling that restlessness, but need a path to follow. Mm, big life transitions are so hard to navigate, aren't they? They really can be. And especially if you're, if you are in quote, what you think is your dream job, or you feel like you quote unquote should be happy or, you know, you're a stay at home mom and you're like, cool, this is what I've always wanted, but I know I'm made for more and I know I've got something to give and, you know, and we can feel maybe guilty for wanting different or wanting more or wanting mm. better. Uh, there's just a lot of things that stand in our way mm. and, and design your dream life addresses all of those things. Yeah. Wow. Um, you talk about a morning devotional practice, which is journaling. And I just love that. Why is journaling so important to achieving goals? Yeah, I created a journal as a accompaniment to the Design Your Dream Life workbook because it's like once you know what you want and once you feel that passion lit again, you need to do something every single day. So the journal for me has been a really great morning routine where I first connect with being. Um, you know, there's a section in there for gratitude games. Um, one's called Eyes Wide Open where you write down like where is God working in my life? Oh, wow. What's going right right now? Because it's so easy to see the negativity. So we want to have our eyes open on what's working. Um, where is God showing up? And then there's the gratitude game. There's a place for journaling, prayer, meditation, and a place to just really center and be. And then it shifts to, all right, well, what do I need to do today to take one step in the direction that will take me in a, a, in, towards my dreams? You know, So personal vision is when you're so excited to get up in the morning because you know exactly where you're headed. And so the journal starts with the section of being, right, where you're connecting and listening and raising your emotional body, but then it shifts to the, creating that personal vision so you can stay excited about where you're headed. Oh, totally. I love that. Um, and in this book, you've highlighted some of the pitfalls that readers uh, may have experienced while trying to pursue their dreams. What are some of the things that they can do to get out of their comfort zones but not completely move into fear? Ooh. Um, well, there's lots of things that can pop up for us and block us or self-sabotage ourselves, um, including fear, certainly, fear of success, fear of failure, fear of what if it doesn't work, what if it falls apart, fear of being seen, uh, fear of rejection, saying no, I mean, so many things that can get in the way uh, and really stop us before we even get started. And, you know, the imposter syndrome, who do oh, I think I yes. am? I mean, those are just like 
like everybody that started something and, and been vulnerable and taken that step has probably experienced most of those fears themselves. Yes. And when we were running to the top of our company, I, we were experiencing tremendous success and I still had fear. And so what I realized was that it didn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have to take it seriously. I didn't have to give it weight. I just noticed it and thought, well, that's interesting. And I, I focused more on what I wanted. And so sometimes we allow those fears to be big roadblocks. You know, we think, well, maybe this means I shouldn't do it. Or I take this as a sign or may, and, but really just a part of the journey. Oh, yes. Can and we when, just, can we just um, unpack that a little bit more? Cause I love what you're saying here. It's so, like you said just before, it's so easy to see the negativity and from such a successful businesswoman like yourself. And you're saying that you still experience that fear, but you went ahead and did it anyway. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about the transition from it paralyzing you to being able to use it as fuel to go after what you want. Absolutely. I remember times when I would go to a party or an expo or an event and I would be listening to I have the tiger or something in the car. <laughs> yes. I know I had to pump myself up because I was so nervous to go and I would pray sometimes that it would get canceled because I was so yeah. nervous to step into myself and be vulnerable and show my like show up for myself really. Oh, totally. And and what was so interesting was that I I did it scared mm -hmm. and I had success and I thought okay I can do it scared and mm. I can still be awesome and <laughs> I didn't die. In fact, it was a really great party. In fact, I learned a lot. You know, in fact, I rocked it out or whatever. And as I continued to take action, even though I was scared, my confidence began to grow. Yeah. Now, I, I still had a bit of fear, but I learned that, again, it was really just a, a learning curve. And I learned not to give it attention. So what I did was anytime I started having this fear, I would um, emotionally and like my thoughts and my emotions be, would would I'd have to switch it. I'd have to go focus on my goal. So I put my goal all over my house. I put my goal on my mirror. I put my goal everywhere. And anytime I had that fear come up, I would just repeat my goal over and over and over and over again. And, and that became bigger and louder than the fear. Yeah, because that helps you get into alignment with the good feeling, right? Yes, because yeah. that's exactly what I noticed. Yeah. I, I worked towards the high... Um, the highest pin level in our in our compensation plan for three years. There was a year where I said all the right things, Nikki. I said it all. I was doing the work, <laughs> but my emotions were didn't believe it. Mm. I would I would go I would go yeah we're going. It was called Black Diamond. We're going Black Diamond, but my heart would go yeah right. Yeah. So what I really noticed was that my heart mattered. I really had to get my heart on board and my emotions on board with what I wanted and really connect with it yeah. because that was where the magic happened. Oh, totally. Oh, I love, I love it. Um, with your training as both a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, how do you recommend that people, um, cause we talked about roadblocks and, you know, healing from the past is such a, um, difficult thing to do sometimes. So why do you think that it's so important to heal from the past in order to get to a success mindset? Ooh, yes. Oh my goodness. There are so many times when I guess we often just don't know how things are connected. Um, I have a story where I was hurt, like emotionally hurt. Um, just a friend kind of 
you know, we weren't friends anymore, yeah. really. <laughs> and that made me so sad and I was yeah. really hurt and I was grieving the loss of that friendship. And then on the other side, I'm, you know, working my business and creating products and doing things. I didn't think they were connected. I didn't until one day I really decided to call my friend and work it out with her and, and, and tell her what was going on and forgive her and really, you know, repair the relationship. And within two weeks we made strides with the products and, and got, you know, connected with the book publisher and all of these amazing things. And I really realized that that relationship hurt that I had been stewing on and being angry about and frustrated. It's not, it, it didn't seem connected, but it absolutely was because it was this Im- invisible string to the past. Mm-hmm. And again, as I mentioned during motions, right? Need to shift and be connected with your goal. And even though I was saying and doing the quote unquote right things, my emotions were still tethered mm-hmm. and I really had to work to heal that. So I can re- I could release those emotions and move forward. So what sort of work did you do, Denise, to, to heal those, that, those tethered emotions? Mm, good question. So I did a lot of different things because yeah. it wasn't working immediately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, come on, please. I'm ready to move on now. I know, right? And you're like, it's like you're, you're definitely going like, I'm doing the work. I'm doing the things. But it just doesn't seem to be shifting, right? Uh, exactly. I know, I know. So I did. I wrote I wrote letters. Um, I didn't even send them. There was, at first it was really just get purging and writing and processing, like, why did this hurt me so much? And what was going on here? And, um, and writing. And then I, um, I did call and, and talk and actually process through it with, with the friend mm-hmm. and repair. I mean, things are different, but they are a bit more repaired, which is, which is good. Yeah. Um, and then I had to, I had to say, okay, well now what? Cause I think there was a season where I felt silly for feeling that way. I was embarrassed for holding on to something you know, that was a year or two ago by now. Yeah. And, and I felt guilty. Yeah. Um, you know, I was beating myself up for feeling that way. I was like, We're oh good my gosh, at doing that, that, that <laughs> So yeah, I had to accept it and say, well, this is how I feel. Work on it by writing to myself, like really purging, talking to them. And then I asked myself the question, now what, what do I want the relationships to look like for me? What do I need? What can I ask for in my life? Um, and focus on again, what I wanted mm-hmm. and it took time. Mm-hmm. It took longer than I expected, but healing absolutely has, has shifted everything. And I think taking the time to do that allows me to be more present and committed and focused here and today. Oh, I love that. I want to say that again, taking the time <laughs> is just so important, isn't it? Yeah, because it's, I mean, it, it's easy to just say, well, I'll get over it or yeah. I'll move on or I'll, but I wasn't. Yeah. Um, I come from a strong religious background and really through my experiences as a youth broke away from those connections and I've just entered back into relationship with God on my terms. I strongly believe it's important for everyone to have their own connection to something higher um, to experience the growth and that unconditional love that you're talking about when you were writing to yourself. Um, can we talk about God and his importance in your life and what spirituality means to you? Absolutely. I, I was raised Methodist, um, in a church. We were pretty active in the youth group and in with service with the church. And honestly, the, the biggest takeaway I had in my growing up years being active in the church 
I grew up in was I was surrounded by people who cared. Mm. Um, it really was a loving situation. Like I've always felt supported and I was in youth group and I remember feeling like, like I never actually needed help with anything, but I felt like I, like there were other adults who cared about me. And that was really special because I think you don't realize it at the time, but of course they all were invited to my wedding and it was such a big deal to have my youth group leaders there. And so there was just so much love. In, in my youth group experience. And then I went to camp and got to connect um, and, and kind of pour out that love there. So for me, my relationship with God has really just has been love and, mm-hmm. and seeing people the way that God sees them and learning to see myself the way that God sees me. And, and it's consistent, you know, it's a practice in terms of the morning routines and consistently connecting and being quiet enough to listen but that's a connection that really has shifted my life. And most decisions have come from that inner knowing that this was the next step for me. Mm, I love that. And how God sees you. That is beautiful. I'm just talking there about your morning routine. Uh, You interestingly link three crucial habits, the gratitude, reflection, and meditation. Why are they so intrinsically related to living our best life? Yes. Um, gratitude is, is again, it's one of those things. So a couple of things happen when you're focusing on gratitude in the morning, you unlock your reticular activating system. So gratitude raises your emotional body, right. And gets your eyes focused on what's working and connects your heart to what's working in your life and, um, being grateful for where you are. And, and of course, when you're grateful, you get more of what you're grateful for and that mm. kind of thing. And it also unlocks your reticular activating system in, in a way where your reticular activating system is your brain's filter, essentially. Is your what, and sorry? It's your brain's filter. Oh, yeah. It's a little piece, like in the back of your brain, and it filters all the data coming in. Mm-hmm. And we have so much stimuli coming into our system that the brain needs to decide what's important. And so when you're focusing on, on what you're grateful for and what you love and what's working, even if there's stuff that's not, you know, cause life is still happening. But when you're <laughs> focusing on what you really want, uh, then you're training your reticular activating system to see that it's kind of like when you are shopping for a car. And maybe, I don't know, you want a yellow beetle or something. And all of a sudden you see yellow beetles everywhere when they probably were there before, but you just didn't notice them until now you're thinking about them and your reticular activating system says, Oh, I think this is probably important to her. So Mm. I'm going to show it to her. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, you know, when you're pregnant, you see pregnant people everywhere. Yes. (laughs) Already there, but now you're paying attention and your reticular activating system is allowing that in for you. So when we do gratitude games in the morning, when we do the visualization and affirmations and focusing on what you want, you're training your reticular activating system to see what you want. And you'll notice you'll get more of what you want. And what's so cool about the visualization piece, when you really sit down and picture what you want as if it's already happened, is that the subconscious really cannot differentiate between a real or an imagined event. So it's like the subconscious's job to make it happen for you. The how has to show up. It's kind of like gravity. Mm. So your job, my job, 
uh, is to just stay so excited and clear on what we want and take steps every day and allow the how to show up. Isn't that the hardest part though? <laughs> like I've heard that before and I feel like um, that's the really difficult aspect of it because we're so, I feel like as humans, we're so used to trying to work out the how and, and make it happen. You know, we, we can get caught up in the process rather than just concentrating on the what, like you said, the what and the, and the how this is going to make me feel. We can definitely try it. I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing where we want to take action. You don't mm-hmm. want to necessarily sit back, but yet you want to trust. I think trusting the process can allow you to take action without striving or anxiety or frantically <laughs> taking action. You're you're taking steps trusting that the next step will come. Yeah. And what's why is the reflection aspect so important? Yes. So reflection gives you a space to write. So that's the, mm. that's the purging, that's the journaling, that's the, um, like the I, I say, don't think, just write, just allow yourself to write because things will bubble up that you yeah. didn't know were there. And having that space is special. Yeah. Now, one thing I do, if there's two suggestions I have, if somebody says to me, I don't understand journaling. <laughs> I've never done it before. Yeah. There's two things I recommend. The first one is to just start writing about your day and just say, you know, this is what I'm doing today and I'm really excited about this or this is what's happening because, again, things will start to flow. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is just to simply write a question. If you've got a question, where should I move or which job should I take or what about this or what about that, you can just simply write a question and then – allow yourself to answer it. And those are two good ways to start the journaling process if you don't feel um, like you've done this before. Throughout this book, Denise, you describe the need for creating a clear personal plan. What is that exactly and why is it so important? Sometimes sometimes I feel like I don't know what I want. <laughs> yes. That's honestly the a question we get or a, a lot is, I don't even know what I want for lunch. Yeah. How am I going to know what I want next week, let alone five years? Um, and, and so what I recommend for people who are working through this is in the book, we give five, seven areas of life. So there's family, finances, friendships, health, hobbies, business, and giving back. And I really create a space because, again, I'm a psychologist, so I don't want to be just a talking head. I want to create the journey. So there's lots of room to write in the book. There's lots of room to go through the exercises um, right there in the book. And so I ask you to brain dump in, in the book what would make each area a 10. So on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being live in your dream life, what would make it a 10? And just to brainstorm. And I think that is part of our block sometimes is we don't know what we want because we don't even really know what's out there. And we're scared to get it. Like you mentioned before, right? You're like asking like your deepest um, heart's desire, but you, it's almost like you don't want to say that out loud in case, in case you don't get it. And I think we, because we wonder, wait, how would that happen? Mm. You know, Um, we we stop ourselves before we even go there. Yes. So we just brain dump. And just brainstorm. And, and again, then what we do, so you give yourself that permission to just write it down and, and just be creative. And then I recommend that people pick one, one to, to really work on. So if it's, for example, when I did this one time, I thought um, about taking my dad hiking in 
Ireland because we're Irish and he likes hiking and there it's beautiful there and none of us have ever been there so I thought that would be a really cool trip before he gets to be too old right I can take him to Ireland and go hiking so if that's my one thing that I really want to focus on then then you can put it on your calendar and you can reverse engineer it and you can say well how much is it going to cost and when should we go and how is flying and what does this look like and you can really get into the nitty-gritty of that one specific goal and get really clear. And I feel like when you get clear on that one thing, it kind of is that decision. You know, they say suicide is the death of self. Mm. Homicide is the death to others. Su- uh, decide is the death to all other options. So when you decide, you you can take a step confidently in that direction. And, and you'll find that by having a one focused goal, you'll be able to accomplish so much more. Yeah. And then it's almost like a snowball effect. Like once you accomplish that goal, you realize that you can start off with the big vision and work backwards and work out the small details and move through the process. Yeah. 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 And then it doesn't seem so crazy and big and hard. (laughs) Yes. We're basically discussing inspired action. Can you describe for us um, why this should be such an important part of our lifestyle? Yes. So inspired action is, is really when you're doing action that's like, that's connected with your passion, where, you know, think of the things that you do when time goes by so fast and you're so excited and you're kind of in the zone. That's inspired action versus forced action, which is more like, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, you know, hi-ho, hi-ho, <laughs> off to work we go, and nothing ever happens. Yeah. <laughs> and so connecting with your passion and doing the things that bring you joy, you'll find that you're in that inspired action, and the how can can show up so much more, that next step can show up so much more because you're emotionally connected to it. Mm. I love it. Denise, thank you so much for your time and energy today. Before we go, where can we access this book? Where can we learn more about you? Yay. Well, thank you so much for having me. I do have a freebie for you guys. I'd love to offer you the Dream Life Action Planner because, again, uh, one of the objections I get is, Denise, I don't have time. I don't have time for anything. How can I add (laughs) one more thing to my plate? And so what the action planner does is give you a place to do that brainstorming, prioritize your calendar, and then really put things back in your schedule that are important to you and taking you somewhere. And and then you can get help for some of the other options or maybe put it on the back burner or say no for the season. But it gives you a choice to really take, take that control back and own your schedule rather than, rather than your schedule owning you. So if you go to denisewalsh.com slash action, denisewalsh.com slash action. You can uh, get the PDF of the Dream Life Action Planner. And then my website is denisewalsh.com. And the book is going to be on Amazon and as well as dreamlifetoolkit.com. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for that gift for the listeners also. I just uh, love that clarity, heart-based alignment. You can just get so much more out of life. Absolutely. And you know what? It's, I, I don't want to be 80 years old thinking, man, what if, you know, what if I had listened to myself? What if I stayed in a place I didn't like for far too long? You know, I don't want to have that. So I've really decided that when I feel those inner promptings and that, that nudge to say yes, even if it's scary. And so this book is a, a layer of love and saying yes to those promptings and I'm really excited to get it out into the world. Well, thank you. Uh, Indeed, a gift to the world. Thank you so much for your labor of love.
Thank you, Nikki. Denise Walsh there talking about her new book, Design Your Dream Life. As always, thank you from my heart to yours for listening today. And if you loved the show, please leave a review or rate on Apple Podcasts. And you can head to quintessentialbeing.com for all the show notes and info. Till next time, big love. Big love.